This episode of Mad About Movies is brought to you by Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. Now available on digital. In this action-packed adventure that critics are calling the best G.I. Joe movie yet, the iconic hero Snake Eyes rises to become the ultimate warrior in the battle against Cobra. Buy Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins on digital today and get all new special features, including a bonus short film, deleted scenes, and much more. Available at participating retailers. Rated PG-13 from Paramount Pictures. And we're giving away some digital codes for Snake Eyes to our lovely VIPs. Just sign up at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Thanks, Snake Eyes. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. Okay, it's time for more MCU talk. Here on the Mad About Movies main feed, welcome back in and special shout out to our VIPs over on the VIP feed who get MCU talk all the time. Mm. We're deep into our MCU retrospective over there and those people just got our Guardians retrospective episode where we discussed Guardians of the Galaxy last week and talked about kind of the context it's in and today's MCU and, and where it's headed going forward. So welcome back in. Kent here with Richard and Brian for another episode of Mad About Movies. Hey guys, welcome in. Happy Labor Day. Uh, Richard, did you barbecue this Labor Day? I didn't. I did not. I was not home for it. I was in a hotel room. So I did uh, not BBQ. Just got back uh, to uh, the mountains today, but uh, but yeah, I ate uh, ate a lot of uh, nachos. You know, nice. as our yeah, mm-hmm. as is tradition. So yeah, the American true uh, food. You know, for people who don't work. You know, right? And, and you don't celebrate. You celebrate not working by you know mm-hmm. picking Chilling out on out. nachos. Chilling yeah. out pretty hard. Just chilling out and broing out. So exactly. That's how I live. Li- that's how I live my life. Exactly. That's I was sure it should be. <laughs> I was supposed to uh, go have plans this past weekend, go to a little yeah. little music festival action, but uh, you know, hurricanes have mm-hmm. other plans. And uh, so that didn't happen, but uh, you know, relaxing weekend at home and actually got a chance to see this movie which I didn't think I'd get a chance yeah. to see. I, I thought you guys would be on here with with a guest uh this coming week uh, talking about it, but I was actually able to see this in a theater, which I didn't expect this weekend. So that was a, a nice surprise for for Labor Day and and fun always to see an MCU movies in the theaters, Brian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Always, always happy to be in a theater for a Marvel movie. Not yes. so much this time. I had the, like one of the worst theater experiences I've had in a while. Just, oh, like, okay. Loud, Let's start there. Just loud people. Just loud. Just crowd that clearly had been um, maybe stuck in their house for eighteen months and forgot how to be around humans. So mm. it was, you know, super fun. A lot, a lot of. Uh, it's been a while since I've had a a bad theater. But we didn't talk about this last week with with Pablo when we talked about Candyman. Brian, you weren't were yeah. on that episode, but mm-hmm. I had the bad. old I had the old uh, parents bringing the infant into the into the, the dr- oh my gosh into the, the okay theater I, situation and and yeah, yeah I mean it's a very hard R horror right. movie and like the kid can't even make it through one preview you know it's not uh-huh. going to be a good experience and right. so he was on my row. I was like on the very back row. I always sit on the back row so that I can take notes or right. whatever and see the movie and all that kind of stuff. Um, and be undisturbed and not disturb other people, all that kind of stuff. Right. And, you know, do very shady things in the back of the theater, all that kind of stuff. And so they sat, yeah, on my row and the preview started and the baby starts going crazy. First 
as soon as the lights go out and the noise starts, you know. And so, yeah, I, I had to move. I had to break tradition crazy. and move Driving up like crazy. four rows to uh, enjoy the can movie. Can I ask you guys something? I, I want to get your opinion on on this. Because I took – so we took Coop to see this movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. Again, he's eight. I, I understand it's a PG-13 movie. He's going to hear and see some stuff that maybe he shouldn't, but whatever. We we can handle it. It's it's nothing that he hasn't seen yeah. in other movies before. Um, went to our, our local theater, which we typically go to when we take him. Um, I want to know if you guys think I'm re- overreacting to this. So the, uh, you know, the movie starts at like 525, um, and they start with commercials, you know, before the trailers, we got to get commercials before we get the commercials. That's the way right. it is. But okay. Whatever. No, no big deal. USA. Baby. I, I think that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. I think it's yeah. a law where they can't show you ads after the advertised time. Well, this so was, if they, ever they do, broke the law. Go, then, yeah. Go um, try to get a refund a and say, you but, guys showed me ads after. Well, so, After eight thirty PM and, and that's yeah. illegal. So the, the end result of this is I did get a refund, but that wasn't my that wasn't the permit. The the first commercial right out the gate on this is for um American Horror Story. And like that's not a show that I particularly want to indulge in. And I definitely Oh yeah, that was a that to. was a rough trailer, yeah. Okay, that's my thing. It wasn't like a a twenty second sort of sanitized version of what this this it was show like we're is. throwing everything that it's the like, show has yeah, ever had it, it, it was like a two you. and a half minute trailer <laughs> yeah and in i mean like the scenes are just i mean i had to like tell cooper hey don't look don't look at the screen because it's like it's super haunting kind of creepy stuff and then at one point one of the characters just flat out calls the other characters a word that starts with the c and ends with suckers like just <laughs> bold. I mean, just w- right out there in the middle of this theater. The entire audience is like 13 and under. I mean, yeah. half the room, you know? And and then the trailers rolled, and the first trailer was for Jackass. And then later, there was a trailer for Halloween Kills. And I'm just like... Oh, I didn't even get that one. What are we doing here? Like, yeah, this is a Marvel movie, guys. Yeah, that's like, I was that's, pissed. I, I, would was, be, I would be annoyed at that. Just right. at the outset, I mean... This one, just in terms of the language of the movie, this was like the most adult Marvel movie I've seen. Yeah, maybe look, I, that to- it and is. That there part- is a lot of cussing, but that's fine. Like I know it's a no, PG-13 no, no. movie. I mean, just and I like know what the it's the be, entire, but- uh, I mean, subject matter, all that kind yeah. of stuff. I mean, they, they felt like it felt like they were they were making this movie for adults. Sure. No, and, <laughs> yeah. and that, look that, and that's totally fine. I just I know what I'm. I guess I would say I know what I'm getting into yes. as a parent when I take my kid to see a PG-13 Marvel movie. And there's, like I said, there's going to be, I mean, I use words that my kid doesn't hear me use, you know, and yeah. but I don't use them around my kid. But he's going to hear him in a movie. He's going to hear him at school. It is what it is. Like, right. we can we can live with those things and we can learn how to, um, sure. you know, teach him on, on those and, things. And even if but, something popped up on that. Yeah, that was offensive. Yeah. You go, okay, that's on me. I should have researched yeah, ex- this exactly, better. Exactly, exactly. I'm not, blame, I'm not gonna right. blame the theater or whatever for this. But when you're exactly, own sea sucker exactly. in a mo- commercial yeah. before, like, <laughs> yeah. come on, guys, you're you're, you're not letting me Jeez. play from a fair hand. Here. Exactly. That's how I felt. Well, yeah, I, no I, I went to, I found the manager afterwards, and I was like, look, man, I come here all the time. I and I, you guys know, me, I never complain about stuff like, like, I am not a. I'm very cautious about, yeah. I do not want to be uh, lumped into that Karen group, like yeah. at all at all in anything. But I was like, look, man, that's, this should not happen. And he was like, oh yeah, show me your, st- your ticket stub. I'll give you a refund. I was like, no, I don't even really, I don't care about the refund. I just like, my, don't my, scar my, our children. Yeah. I mean, my <laughs> thesis a- on this is like, can I bring my kid to your, to watch a movie at your theater? Cause 
Right. That would was not that did not feel like the environment that needs yeah. to be before a Marvel movie. But exactly, yeah, just yeah. Take, that that, that makes no that sense why they would the next they show that, that yeah that American Horror. I'm sure that they're getting a ton I mean, that's of scoring complaints to me, this weekend so. about that. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's not you're not alone in that. I mean, I it struck me. I was like, wow, this is pretty intense for like a. Yeah, even me and I like American yeah. Horror Story, you know. Right. So that's right. yeah. it's Uh-oh. pretty pretty uh, tough. Uh, now Bruce better. And and the marketing with those, it's it's all about like throwing very fast, disturbing imagery at you. Yeah, so that yes. it sticks in your brain like subliminally yeah. too. Exactly. You know, it's like yes. this. Yeah. For like 0.5 kid. seconds, it's like a guy with sharp teeth eating an apple. It's like, okay, that's really creepy. I don't <laughs> right, know why I needed right. that, but yeah. you know, yeah. it's just like for two and a half minutes, it's just it's, creepy, it just, short Yeah, subjects. exactly. It, it feels like the horror movie that Gabe shows to the rest of the office for like two minutes. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, it's, just, it's the, it's the videotape from the ring extended yeah. out in two and a half minutes. It's what yes. it is. Yeah. So yeah, I, man, that, that's true, but man, it was refreshing to be quite honest with you, to see, I don't know, after the Disney Plusified series that we've been talking about in, in the VIP and elsewhere over the past couple months and year, it, fe- it felt good to sit in a theater and to see a movie that like, wow, this felt like a movie for adults. And it didn't feel like any kind of like, we're building this, ha- this is a, a bridge to Endgame. So we need this movie in order to know what the heck's going on in Endgame. Like, this felt like something completely new, yeah. fresh, uh, where we don't know where this is going to go. It has no real um, stakes in terms of like the next movie. You know, it felt it felt like I don't know. We're, we're entering a new world with this one. Yeah, it and, felt and, to and, me like they're experimenting almost with a new tone. Like it's it did feel a little bit like a new kind of like we yeah. talked about with Apple TV, right? Where like. Okay, Apple TV, you have all the money in the world. You're going to miss on some stuff. Just throw some stuff at the wall here and you'll find a Ted Lasso or something that hits and you can you can survive for a couple years whatever. And Marvel definitely is in that category now too. And so, and I'm not saying this was like a failure by any means, but but they can they can kind of find what they're, you know, they were so lucky with like Iron Man set the tone. That first Iron Man movie for like 12 years. Mm-hmm. Like you just kind right. of could build other things in that tone and actually when you branched out from that it was annoying. Because we were, and then we, you know, we finally got kind of tired of that literally at Endgame. At least I did. Like, I was like, cool, I'm kind of over this. And cool, it's over. That's, you know. Um, And now it certainly seems like they're trying new ways in on, you know, the same quote unquote universe, but with a little bit different, even kind of like the effects were a little different and the logic behind it was a little. And then obviously at the end, kind of bringing in where it, how it will work with, Mm -hmm. you know, future storylines as well. So, yeah, Ken, that's a good point. Yeah, it it felt like, at least for me, Brian, just to pass it off to you for some general sure. thoughts here, is um, it felt like to me this could be its own, <laughs> its own yes. franchise, its 100%. own series. It did not feel like this was Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to right. me, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, there are obviously connections, and we'll go over them and. And there, it will be connected. But like to me, if they, if they, if this was a movie that came out and said Shang Chi cinematic universe, mm-hmm. and yeah. we're building an own, our own mythology around this, and this is what it is, I would, be, I'd be all in because I, I think it would work as that. I mean, maybe Guardians, sure. like we talked about last week, is 
kind of the only the other one that like if it existed as its own property, it would probably still work and and be fun and mm-hmm. be completely separate from from the MCU and still do its own thing. But like this one really felt, felt I felt strongly that this one could have been its own. I don't know franchise to be quite yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel to me at least it didn't feel like a marvel movie much at all and i loved that i thought it was Mm -hmm. i thought it was fun and it was it it made for a more invigorating sort of origin story experience because it it didn't i mean it does still play by the same rules that that all those movies do and so it's not like wholly original or anything but it was just a different it was a different tone a different take and it, it to me like there was times when I kind of forgot I was watching a Marvel movie like I was just like there for a new standalone property and mm-hmm. and then it you know then towards the end it, it it sort of comes back around and I think that's really smart I I I think Coogler sort of did that with Black Panther um it just was it was a little more interconnected so we already um, knew the character before that exactly exactly um if if black panther hadn't shown up in civil war i wonder Mm -hmm. if we would have had that same feeling sure um watching black panther for for the first time uh yeah i did i i like that i thought i thought it was a smart origin stories are we've we've seen a billion of them at this point and and it's really easy to just kind of to paint by numbers and just expect the audience to watch it but never care all that much i guess and and then we're sort of predisposed to that as well i think we kind of have or at least i do i kind of have this like feeling of like all right this is the first one so it's probably going to be fine and that's okay you know i'll just i'll live with that because they're going to do fun stuff with it later down the line but i i thought the i thought it did a cool uh, did a different take on on the origin story and one of the things they did that i liked was it's it's only sort of a, a, a Shang-Chi movie in, in name. I mean, like to, down the stretch, it definitely becomes all about him. Um, but, but it's, it, it didn't feel so like heavy on the development of the title character. Um, the way that like Captain America or mm-hmm. Thor or Captain Marvel or any of these others. More did. about it's, the explanation of the 10 rings than it is. Yeah. Shang-Chi. Yeah. It did. It, it was. Of- Exactly. It it felt more about the mythology mm-hmm. and about um the the um artifacts, I guess, or whatever they end up being. And and then it's not quite a, it's not an ensemble. I would be foolish to call it an ensemble, but there's it's more there's, of like a I don't want to say buddy cop, but it's like yeah, a, I, yeah, exactly. Him I and mean, Aquafina is it's, it's pretty much them two yeah, kind of going through this thing together. You don't typically get so much time in an origin movie. You don't get typically get so much time spent on developing other characters and other storylines. And so, like obviously, Katie Aquafina gets a gets a ton of that shine. But um, but there's other. I mean, the, the parents get their own segment in this movie and segments in the movie and and the sister and and mm-hmm. all this. And so it's not just. Shang Chi, and um, I'm sh- I'm sure some people may there there may be someone out there who's who's irritated about that, but I thought it was a really smart way to do an origin story and have it not be so um, tired. I mean, tired yeah. compared to you know, since we're just so familiar with that at this point. No, it it, it reminded me of that um, of Black Panther, just in terms of the. Uh, I don't want to say plot line, the, the whole notion of somebody going back and, and finding their true self, you know, mm-hmm. back to their, 
heritage. Sure. And and I, I certainly felt the same arc with Shang-Chi that I did with T'Challa. And um, mm-hmm. when him, he would to Wakanda to, to basically become the Black Panther, right? Uh, and this is a little more complicated because he doesn't really know what he's getting himself into and and it's more mysterious. Uh, I'm with you. I, I, I think the stuff with his parents at the beginning was really... I mean, I could have done a whole movie on just uh, uh, Choni, uh, Tony uh, Tony Tony Leung's character, um, the dad, and his wife. That fight at the beginning in the bamboo forest was mm-hmm. beautiful. I mean, gorgeous. Sure. Yeah. Um, the guy Bill Pope actually shot this movie. Who actually shot The Matrix too? So you have a lot of that similar, like that dojo sequence in The Matrix. I got a lot of. A lot of those vibes with that, with that scene, and mm-hmm. a lot. Something I really appreciated about this, and I've said this very recently. I feel like on the pod, maybe in the on the VIP feed, but I'm sick and tired of fight scenes that not one shot lasts for more than a second. Yeah, this was full of shots that lasted more than a second. I mean, this is mm-hmm. maybe the best fighting I've seen ever in a in an MCU film in terms of fight choreography and, uh, and stuff like that. Where, what would you say to that, Brian? Yeah. I mean, it's obviously that was a focus of the movie and I'm on the record. I don't really care about action and fight scenes all that much. Like it's, it's, it's a cool background to me, but after the first time around, I don't really think about those things all, too much. Um, I'm pretty easy to please. I guess you just get too aroused. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, I would like obviously. to not completely, uh, uh, you know, fade out during a, a fight scene. Yeah. Like no, my brain I, I turns off totally. during a fight yeah. scene, and I just listen to music, and it's like a yeah. music video for a minute. That's kind of I, I kind of don't like yeah. that. I kind of sure. like prefer knowing what's going on and kind of yeah. being able to follow. Yeah, yeah no, no, I, I, I think that's totally fair. I, I'm just saying, like, my, that's not really the thing that I'm the most focused on. But I, obviously, that was a, that was a point of, of focus for this movie yeah. that they wanted. And I, I'm, I'm assuming that has something to do with the, with the culture of the movie and, uh, and wanting to represent, uh, martial arts and, and kung fu the way that they, to, to do that well and, uh, appropriately. And, and they did that very well. So I thought the, I'm with you. I thought the fight scenes were great. There were, like the bus scene ruled. There were a couple other sequences with the, with the fighting that was awesome. I did think down the stretch that the and I wish that this could have been done a little differently. And maybe it's just that the story wouldn't have allowed it. But the fight choreography was kind of overwhelmed by the sort of like the CGI of it all, you know. Yeah. And and I'm not anti CGI at all, but but it was a little. That that's one of the main criticisms that I think are fair. Uh, that I think is fair of of the Marvel movies is that they in the third act they pretty much always just sort of devolve into bring in a monster. Yeah, CGI warfare, and um, sometimes it's done really well, and sometimes it's less successful. This I wouldn't even say was less successful. It just was like it kind of um, it overwhelms. It overshadows really the great, yeah fight choreography. Yeah, the the really grounded nature of what we we had yeah, previously experienced for sure. Uh, in the first couple acts of the film, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you there. 
But if and, you're stacking up the action, the, the fight scenes in the Marvel movies, I mean, to me, it's like it's a couple from this, and then maybe the only one that I even like the, the Civil War, the the Iron Man Winter Soldier um, Cap fight is mm-hmm. is pretty good. But it's I don't know the stuff in Winter Soldier might be better than this, but that's probably it. Like the elevator scene in Winter Soldier is pretty incredible. Um, but but otherwise, man, I think the uh, bus yeah, sequence this in this. And yeah, Shang Chi was the best. And it's fun. Was the, too. Easily it's really the, the fun. funnest, yeah. most yeah. the most well done fight scene that they've done. And sure. and yeah. man, it it was you know certainly paying homage to those Jackie Chan fights of yeah for you know, sure. where he's using just objects around him and things like that, and kind of those cl- kind of not knowing where he is and what's going on around him. That kind of clumsy fighting. Uh, Brad Allen, the stunt coordinator for this film, actually studied under. Jackie Chan in Jackie Chan's school of, um, of, I uh, guess, you know, stunt coordination. Stuff, yeah. Yeah, um, stunt coordination. If you've ever seen, uh, you guys should watch this. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called my stunts, Jackie Chan. Um, it's a little documentary that he did basically explaining how he does all his stunts and everything. It's so good. Fascinating to watch. Um, but check that out. But yeah, I mean, that, that, that scene just really reminded me of that. And, that style I hadn't seen in a long time, and especially in a big budget movie that's going to be number one at the the box office, and and you know kids are going to be talking about. So that was really fun to see. And yeah, I think you're right, Brian. I think I think they wanted to pay tribute to basically what got them here, <laughs> and you know how many mm-hmm. movies they've done this far, thus far that have um, kind of used bastardized versions of these fight styles and now they're kind of paying tribute to where it technically came from which is uh which is asia so i i love martial arts films i don't know about you guys i know it's like a genre that is either you love or hate but Mm. i love them and so to bring martial arts films into the mcu is like another it's another awesome thing i you know i mean it's just of all the, you know, I mean, it's like if they brought Kaiju into the MCU, I'd be like, yep, I like that because I like Kaiju. You know, there's certain, mm-hmm. there's certain subgenres of film that I'm like. <laughs> sort of did at the end of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, they did in this kind of, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. A little cool little Kaiju uh, reference there. But you know what I'm saying? Like uh, yeah. if they made a Western <laughs> and they're like, right. okay, this is part of the MCU now. It's like not everybody be in because you really got to kind of be into Westerns. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. into martial arts films and, and this style and. And so I was all in basically from point A to the end of this movie, you know, mm-hmm. like sure. there was not a lot that you had to convince me to like in, in this movie other than Aquafina, which I'm still, uh, I love Aquafina. I, I, I understand what you, I know, I, I understand what she, she brings ago, to the table, but, but it's like, I'm going to really be excited when she gets to do more stuff like the farewell and less stuff like you're just the cat Dennings character that says funny things and is Aquafina the whole time, you know? Um, and you know, her stock, her stock might be dropping because Dasani and Ozarka are quickly getting cast <laughs> in a lot of roles. So Dasani tastes terrible though. So yeah, it's not even water. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm with you, Ken. I mean, the stuff to me that was more grounded early on in the movie, I liked a lot more. I grew up, I don't consider myself in any way a martial art film aficionado by any means but i i did love especially those jackie chan movies as a kid those were big blockbuster rentals man i man yeah same i remember my friend 
it was basically the first time I'd ever seen like pay-per-view on demand where you could just like order something on the TV, you know, mm. it's like, whoa. <laughs> and he ordered Jackie Chan's first strike and we watched it at like midnight one night. And I was just blown away by that movie, that ski sequence in that movie where he's like skiing down a mountain and fighting guys at the same time. I was, I was like nine years old. It was like my brain was just absolutely melted, you know, staying up way, way late, just hopped up on surge, you know, <laughs> what the dream, the totally dream with surge. you, man. Those are the glory days. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but the stuff that was kind of grounded in this and that I liked a lot more the something about the CGI later on got a little like green lanterny it might that just might be like how the rings operate in the comic book and there's nothing you can do about that but mm-hmm. um that sort of didn't like didn't work uh for for me just because I don't know I just got I got bored of the sort of visual that I didn't find them aesthetically very interesting and you kind of need to because they're you know the way that the the action is used around those is kind of like the whole third act. <laughs> so, um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly, I agree, Ken. I mean, it's fun when, and look, there's something bad about it too, right? Where, you know, Marvel is like the only like monoculture we have. And there's a negative argument to be said where they just sort of encapsulate all these different styles. Mm-hmm. into marvel but i mean if you look at it as sort of like an appetizer sampler or something that everyone's going to experience and then maybe leads to a, a, a someone being getting into martial arts films or someone getting into sure you know espionage films from the captain america stuff or someone getting into sci-fi from guardians or someone getting into like gosh if they did a western someone you know mm-hmm. it's can be i think on the whole a positive um and i do like that there's all these kind of different film genres within this sort of comic booky genre. And I, I know that comes from the comic books as well, trying to be appealing to a bunch of different groups of people. Um, and so I think that's cool that, okay, look, this is going to still be a big loud action film with some supernatural parts to it, but stylistically, especially from a filmmaking perspective, we're going to go for this aesthetic um, and kind of go for that. Um, I like, I like that they do that. I think it, it, you hope that then it's backed up by some sort of infrastructure for people to explore the films that these are clearly ripping off. You know, that's the negative side of it too. Right. Um, and ripping off harsh, but you know what I mean? Really, you know, bringing to the masses is a better way to say it. So, mm-hmm. um, it's, it, it is frustrating when you're like, Oh, I, I hope that someone's entire experience of what a martial arts film is, isn't a Marvel film. Too. Exactly. That's, that would be the negative exactly. side. Yeah. Too, it's right? more about, showing like what where this comes from and it's just like oh this is this is um basically the origin of all of this and to me that this this really felt like the definitive i don't know action movie for marvel and and i think they can really branch off this and do some really fun things with with um with the tin rings and I'm kind of the opposite of you, Richard. I I, I kind of loved how they used the the aesthetic of the rings and that opening scene where where uh, where Zhu Wenwu is like swinging the rings around the horse to make the shield and like going to town on all those guys. I thought that looked awesome, and I just I thought the CG on that was was sweet. I thought the way they used the ten rings as a weapon and all that was cool somebody's going to email us and please do because we're not Marvel comics um, aficionados in, in terms of the reading and stuff. We do do our research 
for the show, but my understanding is that the Ten Rings in the comics was like each ring represented a different Avenger power, basically. It was like a mm. more of an Infinity Stones thing or like a, a Captain Planet type ser- scenario, you know, where each ring represents something different. But that they've changed that for the movies and made it this traditional martial arts weapon kind of thing mm-hmm. with this supernatural origin. And I kind of like that uh, because I think we're kind of done with Infinity Stone origins and different mm-hmm. abilities and collecting all of them and all that. <laughs> I think they're done with that. So, again, I might be totally wrong with it. That, that that was it. what I was able to find in terms of the difference between these Ten Rings and the Ten Rings in the, uh, in the comics. But, but yeah, no, I, I think it's a fun weapon. I'd like to see somebody else get a hold of the Ten Rings. I think that would be a fun... A fun movie, like a what if scenario, if you will. Sure. You know, somebody else got 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 a hold of them. You know, Rocket Raccoon gets the tin <laughs> rings and goes <laughs> running around with them or something could be a really fun uh, fun moment. But but yeah, no, I like the little prologue at the beginning, reminding me of Lord of the Rings a bit. Yeah, I always like a prologue where you can explain a history of something. If it's done effectively. I like the setting of the movie too. San Francisco. Mm. Don't get a lot of a lot of San Francisco movies these days. And uh it's such a great all the way back to Vertigo, like such a great setting. It it, yeah. it it's yeah, Hitchcock loved him some San Francisco and mm-hmm. and yeah. it, that's for a good reason because it's a very picturesque mm. city and yeah makes for a great a great setting in a movie that you don't really see a lot in um in in the MCU especially. But um, we get to Sean, which is, he goes by. He's a valet with Aquafina and Katie. And I thought that was a funny where she finds out he's Shang-Chi and <laughs> says, your name's Sean and your real name's Shang-Chi. It's like, what did she say? It's like, your name's Michael and going by Michelle or something like yeah, that. Yeah. No that wonder he funny. found you. Yeah. <laughs> there, was some, there was some funny uh, improvisation from from Aquafina, I will say. I I really not do, as I good really as like her, her her debut yeah. single, which I'm not going to say <laughs> the name of, but go look at that yeah. on YouTube. I I really if you would have told me in when we saw like Ocean's 8 that in by 2021 I'd be like I really love Aquafina. I would I would have slapped you in the face. I thought she was very obnoxious and Ocean's You can 8. slap me. I dig it. I mean I really like it's it's a, it's kind of amazing to me that it's I mean that whole her the character that she plays, the persona that she puts on, um, is not something that I'm typically super into. But I think she's really funny, and 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 the I don't know the jokes that she goes to are pre are pretty fresh, and she just makes for a fun. I don't know. She can't she can't work in everything by any means, but um, making this into kind of the the buddy cop movie almost, um, it, it, it she works really well off of him, and it, it kind of lets him have fun too. And you don't see that a lot from. Um, in, in a lot of these, these movies where the, uh, you know, the, the title character is, is clearly having fun in addition to being, a super powerful or super smart or super great at martial arts or whatever else. It's just, I don't know. It's kind of a different take. I dug it. They go to Macau, which is, uh, which is a really cool, a great setting. Mm -hmm. We love that in Skyfall. Yeah. It's a great, uh. 
It's a great sequence here where they go to like this underground fight ring that's broadcast on the dark web. And we see a fight between Wong from um, the Doctor Strange movies or other Marvel movies <laughs> and fighting Abomination from the uh, Hulk, which we hadn't seen him since, I guess, that uh, <laughs> Louis Lettier's Hulk <laughs> movie. So that was interesting to see them bring back Abomination and and um, I don't know a different, a little different design on it, maybe a little oh, updated yeah. design like we like we got when they redid Hulk, but not not too much different. And so that was a, a fun little little moment there. And we find out that Jai Ling, uh, Shang Chi's sister, is running this this fight fight ring, and he must. Uh, Essentially, get get with his sister and figure out the uh, the origin of the Ten Rings, and they they discover that they have these matching pendants, and they meet up with an old friend to to go in deep into the forest, the bamboo forest, to find the origin. And that friend is, and this is where I thought Richard would be would be all in on this movie. Like completely okay. Yeah, that's cool. The friend is Travis Latry. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's that, a great to a me, great twist again. I, yeah, you you you. I'm pro. You know, I thought Travis Latry was your favorite MCU character. It is. Period. He is. He is. Um, definitely. Um, I'm very pro. the 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 fact that he gets that poured on him on. Um, on Iron Man three, that the disappointment of that film gets put on that, which is unfair. Trevor Scott is incredible, and Ben Kingsley is amazing. Um, the bad part of Iron Man three is that there's a million Iron Man suits for the last forty minutes of it, um, all flying into each other. But yeah, I mean, no, it was cool. I mean, you start. This is right at the point where you start wondering, like, all right, how? You know, I didn't even catch the abomination thing to be honest. So. Um, I guess I just pushed that one out of my brain. Um, <laughs> so I, I you kind of start trying to figure out how they're going to tie this thing in. And this movie was like really, how do I explain this? I don't even mean it negatively. It was very uneven with the funny. Um, like mm. it, it, it was pretty funny in parts, um, but was not really lighthearted. You know, does that make sense? And so like, <laughs> yeah, the, all the comedy moments were kind of like, oh, oh, like, you know, like when your grandmother <laughs> makes a dirty joke or something, you, Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and so that was definitely a good moment, but then, you know, way too quick. Um, but I thought it was, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously that was, that was a, a big part of it, but, um, uh, you're saying we need a Trevor Slattery movie of its own. I, I that's what I, want. I would be into that. I would be even, very... <laughs> even putting Trevor Slattery in, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of this was not enough. You know, I think we need some kind of Marvel, you know, that movie reds, you know, with the old people. Yeah, yeah. red. Red, uh -huh. pardon me. Yeah. Reds is with... Uh, uh, that's just the old red-headed uh, people that... That's uh, the that's uh, Warren Beatty movie, right? Yeah, the Warren Beatty, Beatty magnum opus. Okay, but Red, yeah. Um, also Cincinnati, the city. Ah, yes. Oh, great, absolutely. yeah, great team. <laughs> but uh, Red, we need like maybe of some kind of Marvel version of that, where we get some of the more, you know, seasoned... Uh, <laughs> characters in the mcu Dude, that would be great like an expendables like yeah. mcu where we get like a really Trevor, old 
Yeah, Trevor, we get Tony Stark where he's like in a retirement home, you know. That would be if you ever did a Nick Fury movie, I think you got to yeah. get Trevor involved. For sure. That'd be the duo I would want to yeah. see. Oh, that would be incredible. <laughs> that would be absolutely incredible. Now, they drive the Razor Fist uh, car through the uh, thing, which was funny that um, the character's name is Razor Fist, but we don't really ever get – he's never really called that, and – the only the only way we know he's called that is because it's like spray painted on his car. Yeah, and that was cool. Shades of Taserface. Yes, Taser Face, right? <laughs> uh, so funny, God, that killed me. The Planet of the Apes thing killed me. Where <laughs> he said yeah. he wanted to be an actor because he saw Planet of the Apes and he said, "Mom, how how is that done?" And they said, "Um." those aren't acting and he said wow if they can get apes to act i need to be an actor <laughs> those aren't yeah. apes and he said if i can get apes to act yeah that that was yeah, so that killed sort me of, uh, quaint <laughs> court jester use of him is is really funny yeah that yeah, was he's good. great ben kingsley is an underused comedic actor i think so too yeah he hasn't done a lot of yeah what a he's funny work a great actor but he's he's very very funny i would say his comedic masterpiece was gandhi gandhi for sure yeah. a laugh a minute <laughs> yeah it classic apatow though it's like three hours long and just yeah. you gotta let everyone improv right yeah <laughs> judd apatow's gandhi <laughs> what did we think of the uh we find out i guess that um the Ten Rings is uh, has been bastardized by again. I use that word again by Aldrich Killian this yeah. time to form the new Ten Rings and to give Trevor Slattery the uh, fake head of it. So Aldrich Killian, who we know from, uh, I guess it's Iron Man Three. Yeah, at this all, point, yeah. this has a lot of Iron Man Three ties in, which is yes. interesting. They had to be tied into something, you know. Yeah. It's like where are we it's gonna funny one that put a little in shoelace in, and and yeah. tie a, a little string to another movie and give you some kind of connection here? Again, like uh, they didn't need a connection for this for to work for me. They didn't have to connect to to any other movies for me to be entertained. But again, they, this, they had to make this part of the franchise somehow. So yeah, so the Ten Rings that we know today, the ones we've seen in the films before, is essentially just the uh, the old version we see in this. Only they've taken the, the moniker, the name, some of the some of the imagery, and changed it around and and made a terrorist organization out of that. So they got to reclaim the Ten Rings, man. They got to reclaim the 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 goodness of the Ten Rings, or at least uh, I would hope. And at the end, we get this little kaiju action, Brian. You mentioned the yeah. Dweller of the Darkness, mm-hmm. who promises your greatest desires. And I liked that there was not really a true uh, villain in this movie, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Sure. And the villain was really your desire for <laughs> completion <laughs> or to find out your true nature or yourself you know i mean with mm. Zhu and Wu's, it was like his wife um you know that he had lost and um for uh shang chi it was his family and finding out the uh the origin of the ten rings so there was not really like a true face villain in this which i really kind of liked it was more uh ambiguous mm. and they're 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 sure. they're chasing their destiny 
rather than chasing a villain. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Um, and it, it, uh, it felt like the stakes were appropriate for the movie, which is another thing that can sometimes be a problem with not just Marvel movies, but superhero movies in general. Like there's the threat that this thing's going to get out and take over the whole world. And we, you know, we know that. So the, the whole world is at stake, but it doesn't feel, it feels a little more contained. I think at least it did to me. And I dug that. I made it for the, the battle element of that to, um, feel a little, a little more personal to this movie and to this story rather than just, we got to save the world, which again, I understand that they did need to save the world, but it, it wasn't played as, heavily as we as we typically get on this and having the 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 giant soul sucker versus the dragon was really cool too that was fun that was a that was to me that was the best part of the the third act of the movie like the little soul suckers and the the shooting of the shooting arrows at them and um the battle and all that sort of stuff was kind of meh i didn't think it was all that well especially after we'd seen so much really cool fight choreography through the course of the movie um and and Chong Li fighting his dad is was was pretty well done. Um, but the the I mean I love that uh that creature design on the dragon. I thought that looked really cool and having it opposite this like gigantic grotesque monster with tentacles and all this sort of stuff was was fun, man. It was it was a good. I thought it was a pretty good combo and and um brought a little bit of life to uh brought a little bit of life to that that uh, fight at the end there. We have, to, we can't end this episode without mentioning Morris. Yeah. The little yeah. furry butt with wings. <laughs> yeah. He was yeah. awesome. It was fun. I loved the Trevor thing, man. That's what I, I call. That was really fun. Yeah. Hey, you're pro Trevor too, right? Yeah. I love Trevor. I, I also, think he yeah, well, you yeah. liked that twist. Yeah, I did. I thought it was fun. And, and to keep it quiet, you know? I mean, yeah, I had no yeah, idea yeah. that, that King was, was in this movie. And also, oh. like, I'm not like trying to be Mr. Like woke dude, but that character would be pretty hard to pull off. Not, offensively without yeah. making it funny like you know what yeah, I mean? like you, they totally, had to kind yeah. of take the piss out yeah. of it to sure because sure. if you do that just straight up as it is in the comics it's like you'd really have to right. change it a lot to make it not yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, i thought that was a really clever way For to sure. do it and then you know basically do the you know raza ghoul liam neeson bit but right with, with, right uh, with that was was fine I, and yeah For that's sure. one of the funniest moments in the history of the mcu i get that that's an iconic character and all that and i i don't have that history with it so uh, right, I, I I probably am coming at it weirdly, but I'm I'm always like that's one of the funnier bits in it. Yeah, no, I I loved it. I and I thought it was very smart to uh, I thought it was smart to make fun of the 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 stuff from Iron Man three. I like. I mean, I think we all three are pretty pro yeah, Iron Man three. Bad third act, but um, great, good good movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I thought it was really smart to to make fun of that twist because I think Kevin Feige even is on record of like. We kind of misstepped there. We were trying to do a thing that we thought we were doing well, and we were not. We ended up not doing it well. So we were. I mean, it's 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 really fun. Yeah, if we can I add more context to, to something we didn't like already, which yeah, we've kind of been sure. doing with yeah. all There's these some, Disney Plus series and the right. second phase of Marvel or to whatever, it. Yeah. it seems like okay. Well, what did we like about the first one? Let's sure. Let's add some stuff to that to make people care and. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's working for me so far. I, I will admit yeah. it, it's totally working for me in, in terms of what they did with Wanda Maximoff and Vision and in WandaVision and giving them some some uh, some origin and then what they're doing with What If I, I've really enjoyed as well. So, man, yeah, I, I'm very impressed with these, to be quite honest with you. Like, sure. 
I thought after in game we would we would get a little bit uh, a little crazier. I don't know. They would get a little bit cockier and start doing some stuff. But it seems like they've kind of I don't know put the restraints on a little bit and they're and they're thinking things through a little bit more. I don't know. I'm just really impressed with the execution and just how well done like Black Widow was and all these movies just. I thought we would start to see a down a, a decline in sure. quality and all that. Like eventually we are, but we haven't yeah, yet. The, and I'm, it's, I'm surprised. At a certain point, right. It'll, there will be diminishing returns and there may be for, I mean, for some people on, on this one, I mean, black widow is one that I wasn't on for that episode. Um, but I, I like that movie, but that's not one that I'm going to, I'll revisit them because I revisit these movies because they're, they're, they're fun quality background movies yeah. and my kid loves yeah, them and all say, that kind of stuff eight year older, yeah so. exactly but i'm not i mean i'm not pining to to see um black widow felt way more of like this is kind of what i expect because they don't really need to take chances anymore and then this one there's, maybe there's not a whole lot of chances being taken as compared to something like wandavision um or even loki but it, it's it kind of takes the it took what I expected the formula to be and and tweaked it and and made it a little bit more interesting and uh, a little bit more fun and I greatly appreciate the 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 um intention of of being culturally appropriate and and representative and all this stuff. I mean I, I thought it was I I think that that all these they're gonna have Mrs. Kent. I mean that's just the way that it's gonna end up being. It's yeah, it's. They're it's putting unbelievable. out 25 hours of content. Yeah, exactly. Here. Exactly. It's unbelievable that they put out 25 of these movies. And They're going to, but when? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, mean, I know. It, it'll it's happen. Like, it'll happen. And for some people, it's batting average is incredible and, yeah. at this point. I know it's it's crazy. I mean, they're but they're going to have misses, and eventually they'll start having like more misses than hits, and that's just kind of the way it goes. I mean, you keep, there's only but there's so far. I mean, again, it helps you have a guy at the helm who really understands and knows what he's doing and is very smart. I mean, Kevin Feige probably doesn't get enough credit for how how smart he is and how well he has um, structured this whole. Oh man, it's universe. it's unbelievable. I mean, it's yeah. it's incredible. And now to down to I mean, from everything from the beginning down to picking directors. I mean, uh, uh, Dustin Daniel Cretton is is a an accomplished director. Um, but like bringing him in and then giving him, I think, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, maybe we'll find out stories later. That's usually how the, the kind of the news cycle works, but it, it seems like they kind of gave him full reign to make the movie that he wanted to make. And he made, I mean, and I think that's, so anyway, I'm, I'm rambling, but, but it's, it's wholly impressive what they were. I was expecting this to be the one where I was like, eh, okay, that was fine. In in conjunction with Black Widow, which I said kind of the same thing, you know, like I was fine, I enjoyed it, but I'm not, I'm not dying to see another one. And instead, I I, I feel like they gave us something a lot, a lot better and a lot more than what um maybe maybe I thought that it was going to be, just from an origin story standpoint. Yeah, we go to the mid credit sequence, and it's Carol Danvers and Bruce Banner. So uh, that's pretty much it. They just bring yeah. them into the fold and yeah. they are investigating choices. the Ten Rings. Sure. Well, we've got the, the Marvels coming. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the next... The Eternals? No, the Mar- yeah. the Captain oh. Marvel sequel. Yeah, the Marvels. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, the yeah, Marvels. Right. And uh, so I think, you know, we'll start... We've got to find a new storyline for 
she'll mm-hmm. you know i think start popping up a little bit especially as she i think will probably be you know real quote-unquote leadership role of this whatever yeah. this new avengers thing is going forward um right. obviously with no i think there that might be a bit of an audible obviously with with chadwick's passing um mm-hmm. i think that he was kind of keyed up for that uh but obviously with with evans downey and and sadly bozeman out you know i think Mm -hmm. she's a good way to go as sort of a a leader figure so she might be popping up in a lot of end credit sequences is what what i'm trying to say yeah until that movie rightfully so yeah Yeah. no it's great yeah oh man this is the first time i got to see the eternals trailer on the big screen oh my gosh i can't i hadn't seen that trailer before i had seen it so i i rolled in like as we're credits up, just timing wise, I was driving like crazy to make make it. I didn't see it. Is it cool? I haven't seen much on that. Yeah. Oh, it, it looks really great, cool. man. Better. Um, it gave a little more explainer. Cool for what this is, and I was cool with not knowing honestly. But it, I mean, yeah, smart from a. I think there were a lot of people who, I mean. I think most people are going to go see the Marvel movie regardless because it's the Marvel movie, but sure. I think it was probably smart to get a trailer out there that has a little bit more exposition in it so you kind of know what you're doing. Especially with. as you're starting a new, you know, phase. Exactly, yeah. And in pandemic and stuff. Right. Here's um, uh, Daniel Cretton's, uh, Destin Daniel Cretton's next project is Tokyo Vice. Looks like a Miami Vice reboot. Yeah, it is. Oh. That's what's supposed Max. to be. Holy crap. This would be I also Elgort in the lead. I was excited for that because it was Michael Mann, and, mm. and then he's now just a producer, I think, on it. So, okay. um, but yeah, that could be super. Okay. Cool. Holy crap, dude! I was I I went back and got all the old Miami Vice. It's like, do they need to reboot that as a TV show? They really do. A good a good version of it on HBO could work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fun. Tokyo is a, a great one. place to do it. I mean, if they're going to yes. do kind of a split off of it, that's going to yeah. Be they 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 start with Tokyo Vice and then give us Miami Vice. Um, a new Miami or Vice. like um, you know like Wataga Vice yeah mm-hmm. yeah Saginaw Vice yeah DFW Vice <laughs> okay um, oh, okay so Michael Mann is doing the first episode still cool so he's doing the he pilot and, yeah okay sweet. and then I think a few it directors looks like uh, oh, it looks yeah nice. it looks like he's doing all of them except the first <laughs> nice cool so he's uh, Michael Mann is passing it off to him for the second awesome sweet that's for great. the rest yeah. so I'm, I'm totally in favor of that. Looks like it's premiering. I'm trying to see a premiere date on this. We don't have a premiere date on this. Release yeah. date 2021. So maybe the end of the year. We'll see that one. Yeah, they filmed it. I know. So it should be out. Should maybe be out. Uh, yeah, maybe out this winter. Um, Just to, uh, I don't know, I guess kind of wrap this up. I love, I love this movie, man. I was... Yeah. Not expecting to, to be quite honest with you. I was expecting for another character that I was going to not really care about. And, and mm-hmm. you know, they're asking us to care about these characters. It's such an investment for us, yeah. the the viewer, when you're bringing somebody new and you're asking a viewer to care about all this, this mythology and all this origin stuff. But I do mm-hmm. care. I think the mission was accomplished for me. I like Shang-Chi. I mean, I'm only curious to see his role in the Avengers you know, I mean, sure. I get the the origin of the Ten Rings and where that came from and how that is relevant to the MCU that's already happened. But what is Shang-Chi's role going to be in the Avengers going forward and yeah. with the Guardians and with Thor and all that kind of stuff? That's what I want to know. So that's what I'm excited to see uh, going sure. forward. 
Yeah, I, I mean, by the way, we maybe should hit even harder. Uh, Simu Liu is awesome. Like yeah. he's oh, really, yeah. This, yeah. what a star. He's, yeah, I'm yeah. on that. Yeah, I mean, he's just like a. That's I. We have said many times. You know, you you watch some of these movies, and we don't have a lot of movie stars anymore. But sometimes you watch, you're like, oh, that guy that, or that girl. I mean, th- that's a movie star right there. And um, this was, I haven't seen much of, of his filmography up to this point. So this was maybe not quite an introduction, but, but certainly the, the lengthiest introduction that I've had to him. And it was, he's awesome. So I, I thought that he, he brought a lot of life to that character and, and did it very well. I'm very excited because I think you're right, Kent. Like it's, they are asking us to invest in these characters and it's, it's going to be interesting. I, which I'm pro, I'm very pro this, but you're going from asking us to invest in Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, the Hulk. Um, and, and those, that crew now it's more, which I mean, I, I was never a comic book reader, but I was at least familiar with like that Thor was a person, you know, before those movies came out. Um, and now it's like Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Spider-Man being sort of the outlier on this because he's got he's always been part of the the culture as, as far as I I'm concerned anyway. Um, but yeah, Captain Mar- Captain Marvel and and Spider-Man and and Black Panther and Doctor Strange and and Shang Chi like that's a different lineup from what we started this phase one with, and that's who we're going to be the most invested in. That's who these movies are going to depend on over the next. Uh, you know, ten movies or yes. whatever, and that's that's cool. I mean, I'm 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 pumped for that. It's maybe a little risky, but I I think they've established the 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 uh, the universe so well now that that it probably is less of a risk than it would have been uh, ten years ago. But I'm I'm excited for what that future brings. All right, I'm gonna grade this one out. I was kind of around an A minus going into it, but I think I've talked myself up to an A, so I'm going straight A for this one. What about you, Brian? Same, straight A. What about you, Richard? Yeah, I'm going to go a little lower than you guys. I'm going to go a solid B. That's fair. All right. There's Shang-Chi. Before we hit weekly recommends, got to say thank you to a lovely sponsor here of the Mad About Movies podcast, our friends over at Keeps.com. As guys, so much of our identity and our confidence is wrapped up in our hair. We want our hair to look good. But the fact of the matter is, as time goes on, as we get older, our hair starts to fall out. But it doesn't have to be like that. Two out of three guys will experience some form of baldness by the time they're 35, and the best way to prevent that baldness, guys, is to do something about it. Like with our friends at Keeps. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You may have tried these products, but never for this price, guys. Prevention is key. Keeps treatments typically take between four and six months, so you're going to need to start quickly. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews that any of its competitors, more than 100,000 men, trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention. Keeps treatments start at just 10 bucks a month, plus for a limited time, you can try your first month for free. Maybe you've started to notice some thinning in the shower. Maybe you are getting older and you want to make sure you keep your hair long term. Well, Keeps is the answer to that. Just go to keeps.com mad to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com mad. Receive your first month for free. Keep your hair. Stay looking fresh, ma'am, fam. That's what we want for you. And uh, thanks to Keeps for sponsoring this episode of Mad About Movies. Let's hit a weekly recommend. Weekly recommends. Uh, Richard, what you got this week to recommend? Yeah, I've got a book, a uh, pretty interesting book I've been reading recently. Um, it's, it's kind of ostensibly a soccer book, but it's really about um, 
kind of a classic business narrative or if you're into things like about like like the we work book or um you know the 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 accidental billionaires which social network was built on it's kind of more in the vein of that it happens to be about soccer but it's kind of about the rise and what made barcelona um a really unique club and then all the comp it perfectly it came out at just the right time right as they were unable to sign Messi because of their financial complications but and then goes to the what everything what made them that that Cruyffian soccer uh, that made them such a special club and then what all the terrible decisions they made that have led to where they are now so it's kind of an interesting rise and fall story and, and really it's by a journalist it's called the Barcelona Complex it's by Simon Cooper I think if you're just kind of tangentially interested in uh, those kind of narratives or sports or soccer I think you'll love it so highly recommend it nice ah and Cooper like is that. K-U-P-E-R. There so we go. If you're searching oh, for it, it might be weird. The wrong version. Yeah, not like Brian's son. <laughs> All right. Good recommend. Add that to my wish list. Soccer season yeah, is, uh, is upon us. Is upon us. Yeah. Uh, what you got, Brian? Uh, I'm also going to recommend a book, and it's also going to be a sports book. Uh, I just finished Giannis by Mirren Fader. The, oh, uh, yeah. Giannis and Tintacupo book um that was very well timed uh with, yeah. with its release came out both of those weeks yeah. after the finals yeah um so that that worked out really well i loved it i loved the book not i will say not my favorite reading ever um i didn't think she was a great reader as, as oh it's a, you not as good of a reader as she is a writer yeah the, the audiobook was it was fine it just was very um yeah. clinical almost the way sure. she should have got Giannis to read it it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, I I love Giannis. He's he has over the last like five six years has become maybe my favorite player in the NBA. Who's not uh, my son on, on the Dallas Mavericks? But Slovenian, uh, yeah, yeah. But I I mean I, I love the guy, and he's not just, James Harden. He's, <laughs> he he uh, is so much, to me. He's just so much fun to watch, and is such a great example of what you can, you know what determination and will combined with. Uh, talent and athleticism can can do. He's uh, he's fantastic, and so the book is really good. It's mostly, I would say, it's about. Have you read it, Richard? No, have I haven't yet. I haven't okay. yet. It's on my list. I would say it's about half up to and through his rookie season, and then the the second half maybe is, or maybe the last third even is just like since his rookie season. Gotcha. Um, so it's a lot about his upbringing, um, cool. coming from a Nigerian family that had had uh, immigrated to. Uh, to Greece and just the, I mean, the rampant, terrible racism that he has yeah. continued to to face through the course of, of his uh, his life and stuff. But he's just such a um, he always comes across as such a a a, a youthful, fun person, mm-hmm. like somebody who really uh, takes takes his job very seriously, but also seems like he just is is kind of a a big kid in a lot of ways, and that definitely comes through. Um, in the book, and she goes into even more depth on that stuff. But uh, yeah, man, I I loved it. I I think I think both of you guys would would enjoy it as well, and uh, and hopefully our listeners too. And in a week or two, on if I may have a, a short, a tiny little plug on spread the floor. My my basketball podcast. Nope, uh, nope, nope. Shut May. up. Nope, we do not allow that. <laughs> we are uh, we're gonna review we're gonna review the book in cool uh, like a week or two. I'll try to read it before that, so I'd, I'd like yeah. to listen to that. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, great timing for that author to. Yeah, man, that worked out perfectly. <laughs> worked out perfectly. I mean, I'm and I'm happy for it. There's a lot of. So you're all in on Jason Kidd now after reading the book, right? So well, I mean, I have I have opinions on that. <laughs> well, let's just spread the floor yeah. for that then. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You know, I've I've heard about that, and I need I need to uh, 
I need to get that on the list too. I love a, uh, I love it. I, I love nonfiction. So anything nonfiction, yeah. I need to read I'm, the soccer book yeah, too. I'm, I'm genuine. I'm generally kind of um, wary on bi- biographies or autobiographies of players who are still super young in their their yeah. playing career and stuff. But like he's I, had a million lifetimes already. Exactly. Right? Exactly. His is just so. It's so different than than I don't know. Whatever. Most of the time, the drama is like. I didn't make varsity when I was in eighth right, grade. Right. And that really motivated me. Exactly. And then I showed exactly. them wrong. And then I was a That's millionaire that, when I, I was yeah. 18. Dude, I... You take that world and you're like, okay, this isn't right. really a story. I, yeah. I, yeah, I, uh, that's a real one. Yeah. They, trust me, the amount of NFL players that would say in their first interview, I, I play with a chip on my shoulder. Right. Uh, right. Is incredible because <laughs> they have always been the best player on their team at every level of their right. entire right. lives, literally yeah. until they got into the NFL. So like that's yeah. I hate I hate players that say people have been doubting me my whole life. It's like <laughs> no one's been doubting you, dude. You you you've dominated right. everybody. You were the best player in your yeah. college team, you're the best player in high school. You right. you know, like I, I cannot yeah. stand that. There's very rarely a case of a professional athlete who has a chip on their shoulder, like really struggled to get there. But I think Giannis might, might be the yeah. exception. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. The, uh, I heard his little brother is supposed to be really good too. Um, not, good. not Costas, but the one younger than that. Right. Alex. Yeah. yeah he's supposed he's, to be, he's pretty good. He's got, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, n- none of them are going to be like him, hmm. uh, by any means. Costas but, used to live in my old apartment complex. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> it's so funny. I'd see they'd pick yeah. him up for a practice, like down at the at the leasing office yeah. in the in the uh, G yeah. League. The G League arena was like a mile from my house, and he played for the Mavs G League team. And he, uh, yeah, they'd pick him up in like the G League van. Would pick him up with like the logo on the side of it, and he would get it, get in, and get out. It was it was pretty funny, but uh, let's just say those guys can party. <laughs> yeah, agree. My old apartment complex yeah. was just G League players and like FC Dallas Academy players because yeah. I lived right by the FC Dallas yeah. facility too. Yeah. So it was just like who is that? Tons yeah, of FC Dallas uh, prospects the, and like yeah. NBA yeah. prospects just partying in my car. And Enrico, Ga- Enrico gathers. Yeah, Enrico, yeah, Enrico gathers the uh, Cowboys yeah. player who, no joke, I saw him purchasing uh, some. Some substances of outside our complex, and like the next day, he, he got arrested for something. Oh, that's weird. Oh. It was like, wow, that's awkward. Uh, yeah, you could have stopped it, Kent. No, yeah. I just sucks that you sucks that you turned. Well, it, it was in awkward because like, it was weird. You, you know? knocked him out. Yeah. No, it was awkward because like I knew the guy, so like if he had seen me, he would have been like, "Oh crap, right. there's somebody from my work." You know, right. like he would have been like sprinting away, like thought I would have told Jason Garrett or something on him or something. How we doing, Kent? You got anyone to narc? I definitely done you got that. anyone to narc on me for, buddy? F bomb, F bomb, human interaction. How we doing? Gosh, F-bomb. we need to. Uh, we need to at some some point do a mad about football <laughs> episode because with my work and what's going on in the league there's we could go on an hour about about the nfl but we're not we're going to spare the <laughs> listener that um i recommend this week i'm going to recommend a tv show that just wrapped up its first season and uh it's apparently coming back for season two so excited for that it's the white lotus on hbo oh, yeah did you guys check yeah. this out i did yeah yeah it's yeah. fun it was it, it was on tangentially in my home. I'm, I was kind of aware of it. Yeah, my uh, my wife uh, watched it, and then she was like, "You need to watch this." 
uh, you'd really like, I was planning on watching it because I love Mike White, Yeah, but I was waiting for it to end. And then it was only six episodes the first yeah. season. So like, as yeah. soon as the six one ended, she was like, all right, you need to watch this now. And yeah. she watched it again with me and uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Love Mike White. Hadn't seen him write something in a long time. So mm-hmm. this felt like a return to form, I guess, for him. Maybe yeah. he'll be it'll, doing some some fun stuff again. It'll be interesting because uh, HBO now, I mean, obviously it's just killing. They're so much better than everyone at these limited series. Mm-hmm. But they're so good, like Mayor of East East Town or East, yeah, Mayor of Town. Where, uh, and, and this, that like everyone wants a second season and they were maybe not originally written. Yeah, yeah that's that what, I feel like that's what happened with this. It was, yeah. This is supposed to be limited, and so it, the real test of that, I think, will be what all these season twos look like if yeah. and when they happen, right? Yeah, this one seems weird for season two. Mayor of Easttown, I think you could you can easily do a season yeah. two. Okay, you, I already have season two, Brian. Cases. Are you ready? Okay, go for it. Okay, yeah. dude, uh-huh. she's yeah, just like play, she's just like playing basketball, man. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, like yeah. she's the basketball player and coach. Right? Uh huh. She's yeah. just like coaching yeah. the team, like she's playing, <laughs> and then there's a murder. Is that funny? I'll make it so a, a few t- a dozen more times on the next couple of episodes. <laughs> It'll you'll come around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Real inside joke for Ryan and I. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Mayor of Easttown, you could do. Uh, yeah, White Lotus. Sure. I don't know. I don't know how that plays. Yeah, maybe I you mean, just I guess set it just, there again just, with an all new cast. Yeah, and, exactly. It's completely different cast. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would you do. Yeah, yeah, that's what they said. It's going to be a different. Okay. It's going to be a different cast, different people at the hotel. I'm assuming. It's going to be, you know, kind of like a room 104 type of thing yeah. where just a lot sure. of stuff happens at this hotel with different people involved. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It could be interesting. Yeah. I, I dug the show. I mean, it, it was like one of those weird ones where you're like, I don't like anyone here. All these people suck. Yeah. They're all terrible people. But unlike- Some of the parts. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it was unlike- um Something like Mad Men, where it's like, yeah, I recognize that Don Draper's a terrible person, but I am rooting for him. I'm sorry, I don't, yeah. I don't know how to. You're not rooting turn for any off. of these, but you're not turning off. Not rooting for any of them, other than just Alexandra Daddario to be on screen because yeah. I love her. Sydney that's Sweeney, really my yeah. only. That's mostly what I was rooting for. So yeah, man, Murray Murray Bartlett, who plays the uh, kind of manager of the hotel yeah. guy, he's yeah. gonna get an Emmy for this. Jennifer yeah, Coolidge awesome. is gonna get an Emmy for this. She was fantastic. Steve's um, on, baby. Yeah, Steve's Lucas on, Cage was really good as Dylan, the uh, the mm-hmm. like um, I don't know, hotel clerk kid. Um, yeah. Plop. I was telling my wife this. Yeah, about Plop. <laughs> Plop. Plop. Plop needs to be really careful because he's going to just be cast as douchebags like <laughs> yeah, for yeah. the longest time. He looks <laughs> like just this like is not every a role you Wall take Street to, bro. Yeah, yeah. This is not a role you take to win <laughs> any kind of award. This only makes people hate you. To be I this know. guy, he's probably like, <laughs> like I don't know why he did this. Too. Yes, I don't know. Like John Krasinski would never have taken this role ever. You know, like <laughs> well, if he, he did, it dest- would have got canceled after two episodes. <laughs> well, right, but but I'm just saying, like you you destroy the perception uh, people have of you. You know, for with sure. a role like this, and this yeah. certainly did for me. I mean, what a despicable yeah. human being he was in this. Uh, Good for him. This show. I always like when people. I mean, I agree with you. You're right, Ken, but. I always yeah. admire actors. That's good for him to be relevant and all that. Yeah. But like, he needs to be careful is all I'm saying, or he's got to be yeah. into being douchey bro guy for the rest of his career. Right. Um, and I love Steve Zahn, of course. Yeah, yeah. of course. Steve Zahn O'Malley, Treasure, Steve Zahn. Yeah. yeah, he's getting towards the treasure category, I think. Yeah. Have I told you guys about my my reboot idea for that thing you do? Yes. Yes, that thing we did. Yes. Yeah. 
I've I've got it in my gotta, ideas folder. Got to yeah. do uh, that thing you do with them in the '80s, trying to get the yeah. band back together. That, you see, that they has did to the, be done. They, they did the collective first pitch at the the Erie. Oh, that's PA, cool. uh, Like it feels uh, like the timing is right for that movie too. Yeah, I'd be in. There was a one of our do a listeners, DH Kyle, Tom Hanks. Who, uh, you know, DH Tom yeah, Hanks, where totally. Tom Hanks let's plays himself in the movie, like the movie yeah. star version in the '80s. It's easy. Yeah, let's. I, I'm fully in. I'll, I'll kickstarter this right now. Yeah. Yes, that thing we did. No, um, unfortunately, though, not trying to be a bummer, but no, Adam Schlesinger, which hurts. That's true. That, yeah, that that is true. But we do have. It would be so funny. The bass player like went to Vietnam, and he's like grizzled war veteran now <laughs> he's just like a metalhead <laughs> they try Basically, to get him back uh, in the band <laughs> bill haters puppet character. he's like metallica <laughs> he's like a metallica fan now <laughs> you know he's like they're like trying to get the band back together he's you like want to hear a I'll, joke. I'll do it <laughs> yeah you like you want to hear a joke i've got it yeah he's just like super disturbed and you know <laughs> Me all wild night in Grenada. Lenny, him, Lenny just has like four kids, and he only wants to do the band so he could pay child support, you know. And yeah, and uh, you know, Guy Patterson's obviously got a kid who's trying to play drums, you know, and he's teaching his kid to play drums and wants to be like it's a very father son storyline, you know. Jimmy just wants to be famous again because he's Jimmy, you know. It works itself out. So come on, yeah. And, and we put Alexander Daddario in it somehow. <laughs> yeah, I would say. Yeah. yeah, and she's she's Faye's daughter. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, there's the recommends. There's Shang Chi. This was a fun week. It was good. Good to be back in the theater. And um, we're back. It's fall. We got some movies to talk about here, but then we're fully into Oscar awards type season. So who knows what will be in store for 2021. But uh, thanks for listening. And if you want more episodes from us, we do bonus episodes every week on our VIP feed. Madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Get you that. We're going to talk Citizen Kane this week for that mm, throwback episode. Never heard of it. Interesting. So, Interesting. If you don't understand why people like Citizen Kane, new? maybe you will after you listen to our episode. And uh, until then, until next time, we love you. Follow us at Mad About Movies, and we'll see you soon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya Silence is They're calling again.